You're Gonna Meow Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Bless Your Heart. This is April, and you're listening to us on the You Gonna Meow Podcast Network. You can find us at www.yougonnameow.com, or you can find us at ygmpn.com. If you can figure that out, good luck. Um, while you're here, check out our other shows. Uh, we have VHS Vengeance with Dave Lowry and Nick Puente. They basically watch B-movies and um, riff about it. It's great. And then there's a live show in Portland also, if you want to check that out. Don't forget to check out the Boo Hot with Emily Faye Coleman. She's our ghostess with the mostest. And then if you have marriage uh, counseling questions, you can listen to me and Damon at Marriage Survival Boot Camp and we'll probably fuck it up for you. So good luck with that. Um, this episode is DJ Sandhu and Alex Avery and they are performing this weekend at Harvey's. Um, well, I'm sorry. Alex Avery is not performing at Harvey's. Um, DJ Sandhu is. So sorry about that. So Friday and Saturday, you, Saturday, you can find Brian Bixby, DJ DJ Sandhu and Mo Bandel. Um, and then on Sunday, you can catch Brian Bixby, DJ Sandhu, and Tyler Bow. So while you're in Portland, check that out and have a good time. Hey, and everybody, enjoy this episode you have of found Bless Your Heart. Another episode of Bless Your Heart. In fact, this one is being recorded on Friday and we're releasing it Friday night because it is special. And the reason it's special is because DJ Sandhu, uh, who is originally from LA, um, or you live in LA, is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, he lives in LA. I don't think you're originally from. LA, originally from Sacramento. Okay, originally from Sacramento, lives in LA. Uh, he is in Portland, Oregon this weekend. He's going to be performing at Harvey's on Friday and Saturday night uh, with Mo Mandel, and then on Sunday with Tyler Bow. Um, so if you're hearing this and you're in the Portland area, you need to get out there and see the show at Harvey's. It's going to be great. And on top of that, I have Alex Avery here with me, who is also a friend of DJ's, and he's a local comedian, and he is also a funny dude you can find all over town and easy to find on facebook as well so dj give us your like how can people find you and see how great you are uh to see how great i am you have to come see me live because i don't put anything online because that's the uh, best i don't really believe in that uh that's good i don't know it's it's killing the it's killing the art of it Uh, the whole fun of it is the live performance and the more you give them access to a live performance without going to a live show, uh, the more you're defeating your own crowd and. Okay. Yeah. The, you're taking the Jay Leno, uh, path sort of. I guess I don't. Uh, Jay Leno actually has the same, uh, the same way of looking at it, but his thought is, but he doesn't change his act. So Jay Leno has one act that he's always done and he will always do and he never lets it get online because it's oh, what wow. you see when you go see him. I mean, that's that's quite a luxury. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, once you've hosted The Tonight Yeah, show, when you're at a level where you don't have to come out with a special every few years because you have a team of writers that are doing everything for you at, exactly. on late night anyway. Like, right. That would be lovely, but yeah, I don't have that. Is that what we're aiming for? Are you aiming for that kind of luxury? No, no? not really. I just you like the art form. For the I art love, form. I like the challenge. Nice, uh, nice. To me, the whole process is fun. I love the struggle. Uh, I don't want. I don't want a team of people doing all my work for me. Like it's there. You can tell the difference between somebody's first and second stand-up special. Because uh, that sophomore syndrome, even with music, like the first album you hear from a band is amazing because they made it and they took years developing that one album right and then on the second album now they're under contract to come out with another album within the next three years 
And now it's industry that's put all their, they've got all their input on, oh, well, now you got to make a slower song because now you got to make a love song on top of it. And it's right. like all, look at how many like gangster rappers have like a love song. And it's mm-hmm. like, come on, dude. You've that's never not- written poetry like this before. You never felt like this before. Like your last track was about pimping bitches and smacking hoes and like. And now suddenly you need somebody and, to rub your butt at night. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, this is all completely because the industry's telling you that this is the formula that we do. Right. Here's how we get more female listeners. Here's how we get more young urban listeners. Here's how we get like the suburban white kids listening. And they just make that one. And it's fucking gross. I, I, I kind of, I don't know about other people but me me personally i mean i haven't told you a whole lot about myself but i'm like 46 i've just gotten into comedy like last year and i've been doing podcasting for years and i love this sort of thing and it's kind of they kind of go hand in hand together yeah so very I, much. yeah yeah so it's it's turned out to be really great and it gives me an excuse to chat with comedians that i like and you know and it's it's just a really good community and uh one of the things we were talking about before this got started is you guys were talking about the fact that um like alex was saying he doesn't have a podcast because it's like you feel like there's too many ears out there and there's you know it's too saturated and then you're talking about like you don't want to give things away for free which is is good because there's nothing like a good live show there's nothing like a good live show if you go someplace and you cut your phone off and you're all into the comedian or the actor or whatever's going on on stage it's it's absolutely the best so it's it there isn't the art form itself is delight it's it's its own fun thing and i'm starting to learn that too like the struggle is fun the struggle hurts but the struggle is fun oh it's so much fun i love the struggle yeah Yeah. it's the funnest part yeah you go home some nights and you're like i suck and then you go home some nights and you're like that was great so you just have to pick your you know your moment i hate when it was great really i don't learn anything yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, I know. What, I know what DJ means. Where it's all like, I like. Sometimes you like doing shitty open mics, and then you have that one joke that breaks through, and you're all like, "So that's a good joke." Mm-hmm. And you're like, "And the rest of this is crap." And you get to you get to learn from that. You get to study people's reactions when you're like, "Oh man, I shouldn't have opened with that because they're pulling back," even though I know this works later right. on in the set. Right. But uh, too early to pull out the baby killing jokes. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. So no, that's, my that, no, that's exactly right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's actually my opener. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> I'm Did not I even really stumble on. Fuck, I was going to say that. Even Damn exaggerating. Yeah. No, I, 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 I literally have. You're my uh, new favorite comedian. I, and I just did three weeks in the Midwest. <laughs> and, and how'd it go being oh, brown in the Midwest telling baby killing jokes? Yeah. Little Rock it. was the best. <laughs> Little, like, no, Wichita. Wichita. They were like, come on. Come on, guy. And I was like, well, just testing the waters, trying to see how dark and messed up of an audience you guys are. Mm Going to be honest, you guys tightened up quite a bit on me. So uh, I'm going to change my material for the next mm -hmm. 25 minutes. Yeah, no, that's a good tester. Because you guys aren't grown up enough to handle what I was planning on saying today. Right. And then they're like, oh, no, no, that's not what we're saying. That's not fair. And yeah. then they start trying to give you permission to, to be a little more fucked up. But you're like, look, I opened up fucked up and you didn't appreciate it. So, I mean, this is your guys' show. This is your money. I'm not going to... I'm here to entertain. Yeah, I'm yes. here to entertain you guys. Not 100% do exactly what I want. Because I can just do that over on the where there's water. Like, if you're near an ocean, you can be as liberal as you want and say whatever you like. That's an interesting theory, yeah. But the further away from water you get, the more they tighten up and the more Jesus has has a grasp on what you are and aren't allowed, allowed to, to say. 
It's, uh, uh, those was... are the people that complain the most about PC culture, which is mm-hmm. weirdly, ir- it's so yeah. ironic. hundred percent. Yeah, it's they're but you know you 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 piss them off so early, like you or not piss them off, but you tighten them up so early, like it sounds like their buttholes sound like you know a balloon rubbing together, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's oh, just because yeah. well, they're like back in my day, you used to be able to say faggot, and it's like, and they're really upset that they can't say that anymore. They can't. Oh, uh, wow. If you're like, if you're like, oh, mo- the mother Mary was a whore. They're like, hey, you can't say that. And then it's like, <laughs> well, hold on. I thought, I thought this was the First Amendment, mm-hmm. and we're hiding behind that. But really, you're just using it because you miss being able to be an asshole. No, I remember. I love my dad, but I remember him, him having that exact complaint where he was like. uh Man, you can just like you guys, you guys nowadays, you kids, you just you you get so offended by the words, like by certain words, and 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 I'm all like, well, you guys used to get offended by the word fuck, but you'd say the n word all the time, Always. like it doesn't oh, yeah. make any sense there because he'd be like, well, that wasn't dinner table talk, and I'm all like, so you could say you could be all like, you could tell a black person to like get out of your house, and then and then. Say the N word, but then you'd be like, if you said fuck at the table, you'd have, you'd get like in trouble. That doesn't make any sense. Well, people, it's like, uh, people always say, like, I only see people posting, uh, like, Archie Bunker would never be able to be a show nowadays. People are too soft. Yeah. It's I'm like, like, okay, if that's how you're looking at it, you're not realizing Archie Bunker was the bad guy in the show. <laughs> the whole show yeah. was a liberal platform to teach Archie, Archie type people how that they are not acceptable creatures. Mm hmm. The whole it was a very liberal show, and they were doing it from a very conservative voice, where they're like, "Hey, you podunk motherfuckers! Like, you guys got to understand that you can't just run around yelling gook at people. It's not a, it's not okay." I have not heard that since Georgia. Is it Georgia? Yeah, really. Yeah, I, I pride myself on like on on deep cut racial no, terms. No, 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 indeed. <laughs> that's fun. I think well, I think some of them are so some of them are so ridiculous. That it, that it is like, where did this even, why? Like, where did you, who was so creative that they were like, they had to think of that? Like, Well, that and the fact that, well, I've always said that being from the South, like, I felt like I should have heard all the racial slurs that have ever been made. I mean, it's just a, a state of racial well, not, slurs. Not really, because you don't have all the races. Uh, this is you true. Know what I mean? so this California, is true. California, like, yeah. Sacramento, Sacramento is named one of the most diverse places on the planet by mm-hmm. Time Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like top five. So we have everything. When we have Asians, we have every type of Asian. Like Middle Easterns, we have every type of Middle Eastern. So we don't have just Mexicans. We have Salvadorians, Hondurans. And like we have so many different types of Latino people, mm-hmm. Asian people, Middle Eastern, Indian. Like it's not yeah. just one type. Whereas oh, a lot per- of yeah. the South is either black or white. And like, I mean, I saw one Asian dude in Wichita. I saw one Mexican guy in Wichita and that was it. Yeah, when I was growing up in school, I only knew, uh, when I was growing up, yeah, I only knew one Mexican kid in my school. There was a couple of black kids in my school, but then when my parents divorced and I ended up at the city school, it was majority black kids, and then I was in the minority. But you're right, there weren't a whole lot of Mexican kids, no Asian kids, no. There was like two Jewish kids. It was the only person, only time I'd ever in my life met a Jewish person. Cut to, like, that's high school. Cut to, like, 12 years later, I'm living here. Now, I've lived in San Francisco, San Jose. Florida, Tampa, Florida, and then I came out here. And I get out here that long, that much long after. And uh, I'm walking down the street and I'm listening to Opie and Anthony on my headphones and I hear them say a word I've never heard before. And that's 
uh, K-I-K-E. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it, to be real honest. With a southern accent, I can't say a whole lot. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm very careful. I don't think you can even spell it. It still sounded... <laughs> Hey, I got my education. It's, Thank you very much. No, I'm just saying it still sounded a little rough. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. K I K E. Well, there's two K's K-K-K-I-K-E. in there. K I K E. Yeah. K I K K K E. No. Um, well, what happened was, is I heard it and I thought, what the fuck does that mean? And they said it so casually and nobody said anything about it. I just tagged it away in my brain. Later, I'm walking down the street here in Portland with my husband and I go, hey, I saw a bike. It reminded me of the word, and I looked at my husband, and I went, hey, what is this word? He ducked like somebody was shooting at him, because I said it out loud, and he was like, Jesus Christ, and I started laughing, because, well, I didn't laugh at that moment, but then later when he told me what it meant, I was like, ha ha, and you said Jesus Christ when I asked you what it meant. Yeah, for real. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a hard word to spell with it, a stutter. <laughs> you got yourself some good jokes there, the K-I-K-K-K-E. And, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just I'm just on today. It's the cider. Yeah, well, see, know. that's one of those jokes I feel like I can't tell. See, one of the things I've encountered being here in Portland, people tend to be a little on the um, uh, the liberal side here, and so there is a little bit of policing occasionally. Well, it's strange because you have an incredibly progressive city mm-hmm. surrounded Absolutely. by the most backwards humans on the fucking planet <laughs> and it always has been that way yeah. like portland like what it's made portland place. portland a long time ago was this was this city was like white flight oh, central shit. yeah dude and where we still everybody have those guys out when people's like little farm stuff, towns were yeah. getting a little too dark mm-hmm. like quote unquote dark like oh my god there's a mexican family that moved into our town of 40 people oh no and they yeah. would freak out and yeah. move to so portland has a very very racist past mm-hmm. And Oregon actually sided with the South in the the Civil War. Mm. I did not know that. That's cool. Uh, they were 100. I mean, that's not cool. But that's yeah. cool. Yay! That's a very interesting Yay! Thing to learn, you know? They were they were totally like, like yeah, well, fucking blacks aren't actual humans and shit. Like they were they were down with the whole Oregon. They were down with the clown. Oregon's a very banjo-y state. Uh, it's not as progressive of people as people yeah. think that it is. Uh, I'm actually more concerned being here than I am being in Little Rock or Wichita or Iowa or Wisconsin. Like, That's interesting. Uh, this is a scarier city for me than a lot of places in America. I don't blame DJ for that too, especially with the, like the weird uprising of like Proud Boys and stuff threatening the Pride Parade, which is ironic, yeah. like yeah. in just the wording of that. But I. Like you'd think, Proud Boys at a Pride Parade would be like the most appropriate thing, but you would think. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying literally, but I just mean wording wise. You, I'm sorry. I'm you just, just I'm don't just, want the I'm pro- just thinking wordplay. I'm sorry. You just don't want them coming after you, is what you're but, saying. But well, no, I don't want anyone. I don't want anyone coming after anybody unless they're a piece of shit. Like you know, I think I know. But there's just too many. Yeah, it's like the whole Nazi thing coming back. Mm-hmm. It's like that's ridiculous. I thought we got rid of. I thought we got this. past this. Yeah, so a lot the, of people said that. Those are the ones that are hiding behind the First Amendment. Yeah, they're yeah. like, why? Well, where you, my freedom of speech is under attack. And what you got to understand is freedom of speech was created by our, our founding fathers, uh, and they were just gracious enough to extend it out to us. Uh, we aren't as educated as they were. Mm-mm, almost nobody in this country, almost nobody living today is as educated as they were. They, know, they knew like 13 languages and shit. Our, uh, the only reason why uh, the Declaration of Independence was written in English is because it was a letter to a guy from England. But it was almost written in Latin, and it was also almost written in Greek. Mm. Uh, hmm. And 
if it was written in Greek, Greek would have been our national language. We just would have went with that for the rest of ever. That uh, would have been interesting. It's... It, and, and English still is not our official language. The only reason why we go that route is because the Declaration was written in that language. And so because of that, a lot of things were written in English after mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So when I tell people, when they're like, well, you can't say anything without offending people. My freedom of speech is under attack. I'm like, look, you got to understand that freedom of speech was created by some very smart people so that you can present smart ideas free of persecution from the church or from state. Because back in England, people were getting hung for going against the church or saying anything yeah. mm -hmm. contradictory to the crown. Right. So now if, you're, now if you're coming out with an idea like, actually, the earth goes around the sun, you won't get burned alive for having said something smart. For having That's, an intelligent thought, yeah. you could be like, hey, I have evidence to support this. That was the whole point yeah. was we're going to create freedom of speech so that you're allowed to say things free of persecution from, from, uh, from church or state. Cool. They didn't make it so you can run around saying kike all day. That wasn't the mm -mm. fucking point. No. Yeah. Mm -mm. It wasn't for you to be racist. It was for you to be smart. And you went the other way with it. <laughs> And kudos to you for finding a loophole <laughs> like, for your racism. Yeah, great it's job. like maybe you should I learn. Like this is don't try to act like this is the most patriotic thing that you can do is fucking shitting on minorities because that's what George Washington would have wanted. Like shut the no, fuck up. So. Well, I like I like how you were. All, I, I find it fascinating. I didn't know that that our other language could our other languages could have been Latin or Greek. And it's like maybe if you want. To like get away from offending people or whatever, you should learn to say faggot in Greek. And then that way, you know, it won't. Uh, I mean, you'll know what you said. But you'll, nobody else You'll know, but nobody else will. Yeah, for real. Maybe so you should learn another language. So let me ask you this. If I had gotten a hold of your phone number and called you and left you a message instead of texting you and saying, Hey, DJ, this is April. You want to come on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you would have? Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> You're like, I got to go see what this 100%. is all about. So, yeah, no, I I'm understand. Not, I'm not scared at all because my thing is like. That's why I like DJ. If That's why I like talking to you. If somebody tonight, because like I have like some anti-gun, anti-Trump jokes that I'm working on. And then another joke where uh, like I proved Jesus was white. Uh, Those will probably go over pretty well here. Well, it's not. It, it's <laughs> the Jesus white thing is, is not. Uh, in a prideful way for white people at all, <laughs> not whatsoever. And uh, but there's not a lot of Christians out here either, is there? I think Portland's well, pretty. But if if one of these maniacs who true, it just takes one. Yeah, if there's just one fucking maniac who who's stabbing people on the max. Yeah, happens to be at the show. Best case scenario, he comes at me, and now I'm a HuffPost article. You just saved me years of networking. <laughs> and now I'm suddenly a fucking now I'm getting a CNN interview yeah comedian yeah. DJ my Sandu. Netflix special is right around uh, the corner yeah yeah right. but and that was that would be that would be good but that would also not be good it like would I would great. not want to see you attack I want to see the headline POC comic gets stabbed for saying Jesus was white and a lot of people would be confused <laughs> like, yep. people would be all like wait what it would be great I wait they'd be like wait which race stabbed him well, that's what's that's what's wrong with not America, what society today is we support what we're against more than we support what we support. And what I mean by that is uh, 
my my feed is littered with what did Trump do today? What did Trump do today? Mm -hmm. I never see a single thing. What did Elizabeth Warren do today? What did Kamala Harris do today? What did Booker do today? What it's did, easier to be who scandalized. Who fed the starving children today? That's yeah. what I want to know. Good Nobody's news is not in good blood. We yeah. only post, we only give attention to the people that we hate. Yeah, blood leads, yeah. We don't We don't ever promote, and, and here's a great example. During the inauguration, everybody was, all these artists were passing up on an international television appearance because they didn't want to offend you mm -hmm. and your liberal stance. So all these artists that had a literal once in a lifetime opportunity to get their brand out to everybody in the world, they pass it up for you so that you wouldn't be upset because they didn't want you to boycott them. But what's happened since then? Have you bought any of their albums? Have you gone to any of their concerts? I don't even remember who they are now. Mm. I don't even remember who passed up that opportunity. Fallout Boy? Right? Oh, but wow. I do remember that uh, Three Doors Down took it. Mm -hmm. mm. I That's know that. true. I still That's true. I'm still but I don't, remember, I don't remember who passed that opportunity up. I just remember the one who ended up taking the opportunity. Interesting. Well, you know, when I was a kid, my mom used to say, no good deed goes unpunished. And I've often thought that. I've, 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 I've experienced that particular saying more times in my life than I can anything. And it's the same, it's, it's along the same lines. If you're doing good, if you're doing what you should be doing or you, or is the right thing, nobody cares. Yep. Nobody cares. It's, it, you know, uh, if it bleeds, it leads. That's, that's the, you know, that's the common, and that's sad. It's sad in our society. It's, yeah. So hopefully some racist dude attacks me on stage today. Well, I'm going to say I hope no you're one safe. will be able to forget your name. And then no. next time I come back, I'll be a headliner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why don't we just start a false rumor? Why don't we just get on Facebook and start posting things like DJ Sandu was attacked on the Max today? It'll take off. Yeah. It'll just take off. And you, no, you think could, you can be like, I, I have mean, no, no idea evidence, why they said that. No cameras. Like yeah. I don't know. We can just lie. Yeah. That yeah. And then great. he can be on CNN and going, I don't know why anybody would want to say that I was in a fight when I wasn't. See, and then we can get you the coverage. And you can say the things you want to say without getting hurt. I think it's dumb that we there just we did this into a podcast. Oh, no. no. Oh, it isn't it. up yet. It isn't up no, yet. No, actually, put this up, mm -hmm. and then we'll still do it. And see if anybody makes a and then we'll And then as soon as it's outed, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be proud to be on Fox News. Be like, yeah, just wanted the attention. Thank you for the hits on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Thank uh, you for hitting on April's podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now we all... Like, this is the way to do it, because exactly. if you do it the correct way, nobody's ever going to pay attention to it. That's right. You're absolutely right. I've been thinking about that a lot lately, though, because, like, I was talking to my roommate this morning, and she's also a comic, and she was just telling me, she was she was like, I appreciate you as a comic, because unlike all these other guys, you find different avenues of getting, you know, uh, you know, for finding your career. Because everybody, everybody seems to think that there's only one way to do comedy and there's only one way to be successful as a comic and it's like there's multiple avenues that a lot of us don't always explore and there's it's actually multiple... the exact opposite it's yeah. actually once one way has been found out nobody else can go that way yeah uh so you have to find your own otherwise you if have there to was find... only one way we all would have just read steve martin's book and we would all be steve martin now mm -hmm. uh but he did it his way and everybody else did it their own way. And nobody's taking the same path twice. Yeah. So pretty much like once a door is created, that door is shut forever. And you've got to break open a brand new door. Well, yeah, it seems like the comic that made it had to lock it immediately. 
Well, did you know that Steve Martin put out a uh, master class? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually paid for a master class. It's actually really good to watch. It's fun to watch just to I'm, see him. Sure. Yeah. I've always I've always shied away from comedy classes because I'm proud of myself that I taught myself how to do this on my own. Even if I fail sometimes, I'm I'm I kind of wear that as a badge that it's like, oh man, in three years. I taught myself how to write jokes. I've won a competition. I've done this. I've done that. I've been on this. I've hosted for this person, ran my own show, all with either just listening to other people, talking to other people, or just teaching myself to do it out of just my own human intelligence, you know? And I, I, I don't know. I don't have anything against people that take comedy classes. Like, some people need that extra step i'm at a privileged point because i was i did it really young i started when i was like 18 or 19 and uh you know i you know that's something that a lot of people don't get to do they they don't have the confidence to do but uh a lot of people look at this particular thing and go oh i can totally do that and i've actually had people that i went to college with who were like oh i can do this and i'm like well come on yeah yeah yeah. i tell people all the time i never um tell anyone to not do comedy anyone's anytime somebody's like yeah Yeah. i want to try comedy anytime someone's like i want to do comedy i'm like then do it i'll give you time at my show you know i'll give you a minute of stage time to try it out you know there's i tell people there are these open mics that you can go to and it's like what it really comes down to is they don't want to get outside of their uncomfortable bubble mm-hmm. of think having their friends think they're funny. They don't want to have to be have their thoughts challenged. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that's why a lot of stand-up comics are either people that were so hilarious everyone found them funny mm-hmm. or they were people that were already outsiders that it doesn't really matter if they go up there and fail. They've they're already used to not being appreciated or not being liked for something they say, and then they go up there and say it, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and it's just like, it's comedy kind of feels similar to science in a way to me because it's like it's all about trial and error and not repeating the same mistakes, learning from what you just taught yourself, and being all like, okay, this isn't, this doesn't work, and this does, and I need to remember that, you right. Know? Well, um, coming from a person who took a comedy course to get started in all mm-hmm. this, because like I was a kid of the eighties. And so we were all taught that our lives were like, everything is, is school. School is important. That's why a lot of people are stuck with these, these student loans now is because we all took that, that lesson to heed and taught our children that. And, but in order for me to get into this, I had to take a comedy course so I could get it in my head that, okay, I have officially taken something that introduces me to it. Now I can explore it. Yeah. For whatever reason, that was how I did it. And now I just, you know, I've, I've run with it, you know, mm-hmm. now that I've done it. And I've, and I've realized there's things I heard in that course that don't apply to me. But there could be somebody who comes along, though, it'll apply everything to them. You know yeah. what I mean? Some of it applied, some of it didn't. Well, so. and something I've done is I've always tried to listen to older comics and, mm-hmm. and get their advice and, and see their perspective. What I haven't done enough and I've started doing more recently is listening to comics who are my age. Mm. Because a lot of us... We think we're all alone a lot of the time because we're judged because we're younger or people are like, oh, you don't know that much. What do you have to talk about this and that? And I've been talking to more comics who are my age that, you know, are doing as well as me or, you know, about the same. And, you know, I I think I was talking to Chris Johnson and he was he was in college and then he, you know, decided to do this instead. And I mean, guess what? If he does well in comedy, which he is. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about student loans. He has a career set up for himself right. that he can do until he dies. He can, we can, we all have the choice to die on stage 
if we want to, oh, which is best. like that's better than retirement. The, the rough part is, though, when you get to that age where uh, it becomes harder to travel or if you're mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. health concerns, uh, if you haven't been watching your finances and you haven't been putting money away, mm. you're going to be fucked. You're going to be totally fucked. Like you can't even get to your show. And now you're canceling shows. Now when you try to rebook that for next year, they're not going to take it. Well, how's this cancer doing? This is this is what I want us to close on: is DJ talking to us, talking to us about finances. This is really the the bless your heart thing as well, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, if you want to, I'm totally down for that. I can go longer. So yeah, I know I gave y'all like the five yeah, minute we can, notes, yeah, but we can I can go as long as a lot of this, but you're I think, willing to I do. I think this is one of the most important things yeah. you can say right now is talking about, because so many comics forget about their value and about their finances and, and, and to take care of themselves and like to treat themselves as like a business over just a... Uh, right. Well, the, what they do is, because I understand like you're, you're poor and you, you're paycheck to paycheck and you've been waiting on this $50 gig all week trying to line your pocket a little bit. But if you're not taking like 20% of whatever you made this week and putting it away for good, you're not doing this correctly. Because like really that – take 10 bucks out of that 50 and now you got 40 bucks. What would that $10 have done for you today anyway? That's only one more drink really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're not stashing away a little bit – then you're not you're setting yourself up for failure because uh truth be told comedy is at a professional level comedy is not for poor people at all like none of these headliners are borrowing money so that they can cover a flight to come to portland for the weekend right right like you have to be able to cover your expenses because you have to this is one of the most expensive jobs in the world you have to pay a lot of money to go get your paycheck Mm-hmm. So true. you got to have some money stashed aside, and then on top of that, if something comes, if something goes down, mom and dad died, or something like that, and you've got to take some time off of work, uh, you're there's no vacation days. You're not getting sick leave. Nope. You know, like you only get paid for the shows that you do. And if you've got to cancel shows for an entire month because you broke your leg or something like that, oh, that'll fuck you up. Then you just canceled four whole weekends. Mm-hmm. And now that's a whole month that you still and your bills don't pause either. So now that's a whole month of you paying your bills with no income. Uh, And if you haven't been stashing away money for that for that rainy day fund, then you're really setting yourself up for failure. So, uh, yeah, so I teach a comedy finances class where it teaches you everything from because I will never teach anybody how to do the art of comedy because I think that that is a very personal you thing like i wouldn't you wouldn't go to van gogh and say you call that a brush stroke like who taught you how to paint yeah uh well and i and that's that i mean i have nothing against people that need a comedy class to get themselves started but i feel like once you are done with that comedy class the rest of the bits you write and everything else you make is gonna have to be you 100 percent. and so but what dj is saying that's something that every comic needs yeah everybody needs to learn money and comics don't know money that's why they started doing comedy is if they knew business, they'd be in business, but they're yeah. not good at business. Right. So they're artists. Eventually, you everybody got into comedy for the art of comedy, and then eventually you become so good at the art part of it that you have to learn the business side. 
And if you don't learn the business side, you're never going to get anywhere. You're going to crash and burn. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about the business side of it, do you give advice on how to not only ask for what your worth is, but like how to find the clubs to say, hey, take me on or. Yeah. Uh, so what I do is I have like a it's pretty much like a three or four part presentation mm -hmm. where like I've got this PowerPoint thing that's like, here's the, here's what kind of car you should have. Like if you've got a Mercedes stop get a corolla be responsible like what are you doing this for mm -hmm. you can get a corolla for a couple thousand and if your car is breaking down all the time and you're canceling gigs because your car broke down on your way there i'm not going to book you again because to me you're not a reliable act and you're too high of a of a risk to put on my on my flyer right yeah so i don't know if you're going to be able to show up the day of. no getting a getting a fuel efficient comedy reliable car that ha can take the miles and can go the distance that's that's a huge thing there's so many comics i know that don't have cars yeah and guess what they don't get booked for road gigs exactly because they have to bum rides from people they have to they have to expect someone else to get them there and that's that's or exhausting or they cancel or they cancel because they an can't hour get there. before the show and, and now it's like, it's like oh well, now i gotta find someone yeah. to cover the time yeah uh, and you're, you're putting like, you got it. You, you have to start looking at the bookers and club owners and stuff as your boss. Like, and if, if at any job your boss says, Hey, I don't want you saying this kind of stuff on clock. You wouldn't say that stuff on clock anymore. Right. So if your booker comes over and he's like, Hey, I really don't want you doing this joke because it comes off as homophobic. That's your boss saying, look, don't. Don't do the joke. Yeah. Now your booker is that your is that the same thing as your manager? No, just whoever's running that show. Oh, that like show. Whoever, I see. Yeah. I see what you mean. Okay. And I mean, I think that perfectly makes sense because well, I think sure. too many comic there are too many people that complain about PC culture, and it's like I don't think PC culture is that big of a deal. I think I think you should write good jokes, and it can be about any topic that you want. And some shows maybe you can't do that joke. That's not that. That's not the worst thing in the world. Because you can, there are plenty. There's plenty of material as you're building your audience and as you're creating a, a, a reputation for yourself. There's plenty of places where you can tell whatever jokes you want. Mm -hmm. But if there's one show that's paying you and they're like, "Hey, can you take these things out of your act?" You should be able to be like, "Okay." Um, what I do find annoying, and there was there was a show I did that I actually really liked the room, but the manager got mad at me because I told a joke, and. Me as a comic, I can't possibly know what's going to offend you before my set. Right. It's only after my set that you can be all like, hey, that joke uh, really bothered me. And I really would prefer if you didn't tell it. I would be fine if someone came to me and told me that. And they were like, you know, we'll book you again. But you just can't tell that joke here again. And I'd be like, I have a ton of more jokes that I could tell. See, that's a fine line. I mm -hmm. would be really reluctant to do a, a show where somebody told me what I could and couldn't say. I, I would. Mean, I mean, if it, if it's a subject, like I know somebody who just did a sober show and they asked him to make all his jokes about sobriety. Well, mm -hmm. that makes sense. But, well, uh, it was a, but it for was somebody to come to me and go, you offended me? Yeah. That's I mean, comedy. I mean, it's comedy, but it's also like, and I, I like doing dark material, but it was a stillborn baby joke. And the uh, the manager, yeah, exactly. The manager was like, "I had that actually happen to me, and it really kind of bothered me." And I That's, that hurt me one time. Yeah, I and a, I did and, a, uh, a stillborn joke, and somebody came out, and I thought it was hilarious. And a lot yeah, of I love my joke. I love this joke. But then a lady came out, and she was like, "I just had a miscarriage," and I was like, "Oh fuck, man, that's 
Like, I'm making you relive this trauma. Yeah. You came to a comedy show so that you can try to get your mind off of it mm -hmm. and be happy. And now I'm making fun of your trauma. Well, I mean... And that's, and that's where it's not okay. Yeah, I feel like a lot of comics, they think that because I like telling dark jokes that I'm unempathetic. I, I've been huge on having consent with my dark jokes. I've been asking my audience a lot of the time, hey, I'm going to do some darker material. Is that okay with you guys? I make sure to get uh, an agreement beforehand from the audience mm -hmm. and that's what i did at this show and that's that's what bothered me the most was you know they were like hey we don't want to have you back we didn't like how you were doing the i like some you know i was roasting some audience members but i wasn't doing it about their race or their gender or or anything to do with them it was two white dudes and i was just making fun of how you they looked and they loved it they the, everyone in the audience loved it they loved it one of the dudes even come up and like hugged me afterwards but the host and the manager were both like, hey, we didn't like how you make you were making fun of those audience members. We didn't like this. We didn't like this joke. And I, and it was weird because like a whole bunch of that audience came to my Portland's Funniest Person round. So it's like they liked it. I didn't ruin any customers or any business for you guys. You just didn't like me. And I don't know. It's fine. But it's like, let me do my thing. And then if you want to have me back, then, have tell, it, yeah. then, then, then tell me what to do better next time. Don't just cancel on me or just quit on me like this is all a learning experience it is hard to get feedback in this in this field it is hard to get feedback and, and the feedback that's constructive and useful besides just you suck you know or mm -hmm. you were great like right. those are those are somebody telling you you suck or somebody telling you you're is great is fine but at the same time it doesn't help but at the, at the same time it's not their job to tell you how yeah, to you know improve. you, 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 know, you know when yeah, you yeah, sucked yeah. like yeah, you, you know you, yeah. you can be up there and you're like yeah that sucked and uh, not really really not really um yeah. oh. well okay so first of all uh because even like at, at the level that i'm at like i thought that i was tanking yeah okay and then everybody coming out is saying, uh, is saying, look, this is the best comedy show I've ever seen before. And I was like, well, why didn't you let me know when I was on stage then, you asked? I was like, <laughs> you were so cold yeah. the entire show, like during me, during the headliner, during the host. Was it a British group? And No, it was like the entire fucking audience. The huh. whole audience. And it was like mm -hmm. 200 people. Yeah. And, that's ha and every comic will tell you that this has happened to them numerous times. And that show, I sold like $400 in merch. Off of t-shirts and DVDs. Like mm. people were like, I like your show so much, and they bought the DVD. They were just quiet laughers. But they just weren't reacting out loud. And you think that you're bombing and it's fucking frustrating. It is oh, weird. It would be nice to be like a deaf comic sometimes because yeah. then you wouldn't have to worry oh, about the laughter. You could just tell your jokes and not worry about it. There's this online I think it's an online show. I just heard about it the other day. It's called I think it's called uh Seven Minutes in Purgatory or something like that. Oh yeah. Where you are in a room by yourself completely alone and you're performing into a camera and there's another room of people somewhere else and your comedy is being played on the screen i want to do this so bad and so you're just doing your material without knowing how long the laughs are going if there's laughs at all yeah, yeah. you have no idea that sounds actually they, so they try so to make shaky. that they try to make that sound terrible that sounds great because then i could be just like i'm gonna tell the jokes that i think are funny that's gonna be so and hard but, but so fun yeah yeah it's all thrown out yeah, yeah. You have no idea you don't know yeah, if you're you stepping nobody. on laughs yeah. yeah that would be fun to try like, though that's a, that's a painful thing to do oh, just man. to see if you can do it yeah but then yeah. also like i always say like the difference between a comedian and an open micer is an open micer only hears the applause or the laughs and a comedian only under only hears the silence so where okay. An open mic will go up, 
eat shit for four and a half minutes, get his light, and then get off and get one laugh. And be like, hey, did you hear that like, one joke that they killed? Yeah. You heard that fucking laugh? laugh. Mm-hmm. You hear that applause? That's I'm fucking and that's bullshit. All heard. Yep. But to me, if I'm killing for four and a half minutes, I get my light and then. I get off. And then you get pissed about the I'm one joke that hear, didn't work. I'm only yeah. remember the one joke that didn't work. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why didn't remember. that work? It's worked here and there. And it's and you're like, it's worked this stage, didn't work this stage. Why didn't it work tonight? And people and you're are telling me mind. like, yo, great job, great job. I'm like, no, don't fucking no. lie to me. Yeah, you're because I just all I heard was silence. I didn't hear them react to anything. I mm-hmm. only heard the one piece of dead air that <laughs> and that was and what sucks is that's always the joke that this is why I came to open mic was to try this one joke. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. You know, or like, yeah. I was excited to get this show because I was going to try this one joke. Or it's like, the one, one or it's the I'm one you just... believe in, where you're like, this joke usually has worked, or this is a new joke that I really like. Yeah, and it's the one that. So I've got, yeah. I've got one that I'm going to try tonight that I think is going to murder. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be very, very distraught. So I'm going to have a very pissed DJ. I'm going to be so distraught. Tomorrow. Nah, it's you, a, it's, 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 well. But it's so goofy and stupid that there's no way it's not going to work. Can you tell me it after? Has. Can you tell yeah. me after this? Wait what till, it is? Yeah, don't don't record it. So it's, uh, well, it's I don't know if you saw my uh, uh, my Fourth of July post. I don't know if I did. About no. uh, about America's birthday. Like, OK, look, I'll like, look it up. But is that America's it? Because of cancer. Is that what you want to do on stage? But tonight? yeah, I'm going okay. to talk about like America's Zodiac sign. Oh, I like that. And OK, be like, that's awesome. We had, like we're lucky that we didn't sign it two weeks earlier. Otherwise, it'd be a Gemini. Oh, right? uh, like, OK. OK. God damn it. Right? Like, it's so stupid. That's pretty. That's, that's pretty funny. So the joke is basically like America's a cancer. But if we signed it two weeks earlier, it would have been a Gemini. Yeah. Is that the joke? And that bitch would be crazy as fuck. <laughs> You know, and like, I like that. It's just so dumb. Oh, uh, it's, like it's it's so it's dumb. fun. But I also though. don't think that anybody's no done one no yeah, one's gonna. See, I've never you heard know that what? No one's great. gonna see that coming. I like yeah, that a I lot. Like that That's lot. very original. And also That's just very me very original. Opening up, so this face and this beard. Opening line is America's a cancer. <laughs> people are gonna be like, ah, people like, oh, people are gonna be like, oh man, this. I'm gonna check just check this guy for the bomb squad, my friend. Yeah, it's. Like I'm so excited to do this joke, and if it doesn't work, I have very high hopes for this joke. I don't I, have the word. I like it. I, I like it a lot. I think it's pretty funny. Yet, but like, I have very high hopes for. It. I think it's a strong premise, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think the premise alone is already funny. No, that's funny. That it's going to get a reaction. I don't know where my punchline is yet. I have no fucking clue. Okay. See, I'm glad I'm not the only one that does that. Now, you talk about like hearing laughs or hearing silence. I'm underwater. Right now, I've only been doing this long enough that I'm still just an open micro, and I'm underwater. I don't hear laugh necessarily. I get uh, People tell me I step on punchline or step on laughter all the time. Uh, yeah, I've seen you do I that. I do, because I don't hear them. I, I'm so well, worried about what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you're going to start listening. To I have, yeah. I have, yeah. I mean, I, like, do, you, do you record yourself? Have you been oh, yeah, recording yourself? Okay, good. Yeah. I think I've always, I've always talked about comedy as like a girl like a sexual experience, right? Like mm-hmm. I might be thinking, I might walk out and be like, yo, dude, I made her calm. But then you'll talk to your friends like, I don't know, what he was doing this weird tongue thing? I don't know, what the fuck it was? Like he tried to nibble my fucking elbow? Like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I'm just trying to be as kinky as possible, right. right? Like you don't know if you're not being, if you're not listening to your lover communicate back and you're not picking up on the, the signs that they're mm-hmm. giving you, you're not going to be giving them a good sexual experience. Right. So if you look at, at at sex, which is a very, very intimate thing, comedy is super intimate. 
Like yeah, you're in your Pete, soul. Doesn't Pete Holmes talk about this? There's like a I Am Road comic documentary and he brings that up where he's just like comedy is like making love to the audience no way i didn't know that oh yeah yeah, yeah. so uh you're yeah, a well, hack. Then I'm, I'm a good <laughs> yeah i'm on a good path you're already stealing you already got it figured out. yeah you're on yeah you're on the right wavelength oh, well, then he's a hack fuck him yeah. <laughs> he's a hack come at me pete i had Fucking one of those pete moments Holmes. a couple of nights ago where i was on stage and i told a joke um and it was one of those things like i'm like this is gonna go so well i just know it's gonna hit so nice and the room dropped out i sucked all the air out of the uh. room and then um but there was a moment if uh, i actually videotaped it and i can watch my own face and you can see me recognize what i've stepped on and then and in the back of my brain i was like i can use this later I, and i did the best i could to save it and keep going but yeah i was like oh this is so that that drop pulling the air out of the the room that's what i want to play with next is deliberately pulling the the air out of the room so, so that much fun. but you were talking yeah, about yeah, kevin yeah. Meany doing that, that. you, you said kevin that... Meany did that before Ke- we kevin got started yeah, 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 nealon yeah. i'm sorry yeah before we got started you said kevin kevin nealon did that yeah it's he did it in a in a very different way though he did it so that he didn't turn the audience off but he confused the shit he, he just they didn't know what the fuck he was doing that's really. awesome like, yeah none of his none of his setups or premises like really had like a proper punchline or anything like and he just wasn't doing well and then he drops one line at the very end which was perfect for every joke that he said before that mm-hmm. and then everyone was like i see what you were doing god damn it we thought that you sucked <laughs> and, like, and you were showing us how no, great you actually are, yeah. you're one of the most incredible insanely good comedians to ever even do this that that's was, amazing that was astonishing but then you see people like daniel tosh who he tries his hardest to make the audience just hate him mm-hmm. see how big of a hole he could dig up front so that if he can get them laughing by the end of his set he's like dude these jokes are so good that they went from hating me to forgetting that they hate hated me. me. Yeah, that's a that's a, and that's a good move. Yeah, and that's incredible. That's so great they, that's that's truly like, hard. Jesselnik does that a lot, where like he opens up with like the most anti PC shit possible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he tries to get the audience to hate him as much yeah. as possible. And he's a very hateable character. He, I mean, he's truly he's the villain. He's, he he, yeah. he is straight and up. He and he says that he's like he goes on stage and he's. The villain, and that's what he, he wants, wants to, to be play. The devil. And I mean, I don't. The thing is, like, a lot of people would be like, "Oh, you're a lot like Justin Lake. You're a lot like this and that." And it's like, I don't want to be a carbon copy of somebody. I don't want it, like, because when I was first starting out, I was still a one-liner comic, and people would be like, "Oh, you're like Mitch. Uh, you're like Hedberg, or you're like Stephen Wright, or you're like Demetri Martin." And then I evolved, and my jokes got darker, and people would be like, "Oh, you're just like Anthony Jeselnik. And it's like, I really don't. I don't want to be a copy of anybody. Right. So so that's why I've been going through like a... You'll, you'll only ever be compared to another white dude, though. Yeah. No one's ever going to be like, oh, you're so much like Amy Schumer. That would right? be, like, be I only ever get compared to Russell Peters. That's oh, it. really? Oh. Ever. And I'm nothing... I'm not even slightly like Russell Peters. But huh. because he's the only Indian comic that anybody fucking knows about, they compare me to him. Mm-hmm. When people who actually know comedy, like... Uh, I'll get, I don't know, like my buddy Butch Bradley in uh, in Vegas, he compares me to Brett Ernst all the time. Brett's one of my one of my best friends in life. But he's an Italian dude, so nobody would ever compare us. Right. Right, like until you see us talking to each other and then you're like, they are 
very Link. similar humans. And I think I think that's what I want to be more is I want people to be like be able to look at me and be like, oh, that you know, Alex is trying to emulate or be like another you know just just because somebody that i've actually really liked and looked up to over any of those comics is jimmy carr because i like jimmy carr because he is more like almost like a a a type that can be very silly and then go very dark immediately and then he'll like roast the audience and i i like watching jimmy carr because there is not a point when i haven't thought that guy was like he's always clever and and like i i watched him on that comedy central roast battle like everyone he did, he should have won, and I was like, "Why? Why didn't he win this?" And it's like, "Is it because he's British? We just don't like British people, or something?" But Jimmy Carr is hilarious. He's hilarious. He's it was the Notebook. If, I, if you're talking about the same battle I saw, it was the Notebook. It was the fact that he carries that. Damn oh, was because he had a clipboard, him. and it's yeah. like I actually respected him more for that because it was like he wants to be precise. I like Jimmy Carr well, because of precision. Is the thing is. You're watching a very edited version of that episode. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. That episode is, you're only going to get to see like three or four jokes per round, mm-hmm. right? Like each round is a much, much longer round. Than oh, that. I didn't know that. I feel like uh, an idiot now. Thanks. They, they cut everything down. So, and on top of that, because this is TV, so they can magically make it look like this is the first time that this was our first take. That's their whole mm-hmm. job is to make it look like the first take. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why, like, there are dudes that you've never heard of before that are making, like, mid-six figures uh, a year just doing warm-up work for, like, like Brody. Crowds like that. Yeah, I know know Conan has a warm-up comic. Every show does. Cooking shows. Every show has a warm-up comic. And they make... Really? Bank. I've heard. That's crazy. Cooking and shows. You've never heard what? Of any oh of these my comics. That's crazy. Yeah, oh. and it gets the audience in a good mood and ready to ready to rock. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That well, on uh, on crashing, Pete Holmes gets a gets a job that's right, yeah. as uh, the warm up comic for uh, Rachel Ray, hmm. where he's just being goofy to her crowd in between commercial breaks or whatever, in between segments to keep, their, keep, keep them entertained. Their energy that's cool. Right. And so that's what for Rose battle, it's the wave with, uh, Jamar neighbors and, uh, Jeremiah Watkins. And like, okay. And they're fucking, those kids are hilarious. Like, yeah. I, I know so many Jeremiah people when, sweet when you, when you read the comments, Everyone is like being like, "Oh, this wave is so annoying," and this and that. And it's like, I think they're keeping the energy they're up. Doing they're keeping exactly what they're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, they're they're keeping the audience alive. And it's like, there's. I bet if you see this show live, I bet if you see everything live, it's totally different from what you're watching on TV. Yeah, they're they're this. No, it's actually it's very similar in uh, at the comedy store. And but at the comedy store, they're allowed to have notes with them. Mm-hmm. I've never been to a roast where people don't have no. If look at Comedy Central's actual roasts, yeah, every single comic is going up with, with piece of paper, yeah, with paper, mm-hmm. like, and you're getting paid a fuck ton of money. This is a special. Mm-hmm. You're getting paid a lot of money for this gig, yeah, and they either have a teleprompter or they have paper notes with them, and they're reading directly off of it, yeah, because they want this to go well. There's always those right, re- and you only you haven't you can't rehearse your roasts. Yeah, you can rehearse your special as much as you want. So if you're going up and you're recording a special with a clipboard, fuck you, go away. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve this yet. You need to work harder. But at a roast level, fucking you only you have one shot, one kill. So if you need to reference something, reference something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, go for yeah, it. Yeah, you want that joke to land as 
it perfectly, just, if, especially more... if the word because I know with roast jokes sometimes the wording is so imperative to get that joke to land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just everything. So it's like you have to have that in front of you, and uh, I don't know. I love I, I do like writing roast jokes because they they are one of those. A lot of them are just this is a once in a lifetime. You're never going to be able to use this joke again. Yep. This is it's only the only life it's ever going to have is this one stage. This is only going to make sense if people can see me saying it to Alex Avery. Otherwise, mm-hmm. nobody's going to get this. Like yeah. if right. I said it on this podcast right now, people would have to look you up first and then look me up. And see what we look like, and be like, maybe, maybe oh, we okay. should, maybe that would help that us. Maybe, maybe right, we should, maybe we should end with a couple of roasts then, just yeah, so that people real. have to research us. No, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, people are lazy on the internet. They they're do. not going to no. go look you up. They they're, they're, they're just going to listen our to voices. this. They'll be like, well, that one sounds like a twink, and uh, <laughs> that other dude sounds like. Don't talk he's about DJ. It's Alex Avery. All right, DJ, you were going to tell us your bless your heart story. All right, my bless my heart story. Um. Okay, so the listeners already know what the bless your heart story is, right? We yeah, yeah, definitely. Give yeah. them the premise. All right, so uh, uh, this one time I was, uh, I was in downtown Sacramento, and I was out getting a couple of drinks with some friends, waiting for my girlfriend to get up. My girlfriend at the time, but from here on out, I will just refer to her as my girlfriend, so that we don't have to keep clarifying that I am no longer with her. Uh, so. Leaving the place, uh, she calls me. She's like, all right, babe, just got off work. I'm going to head on home. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and uh, close my tab out, and I'll drive right on over. Uh, close my tab. I had two drinks, and that's it. Uh, heading over to Del Taco, give her a call, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to get some dinner on the way home because <laughs> I'm killing it in life. And uh, I was like, do you want anything from Del Taco? She's like, yeah, give me blah, whatever. Uh, right then, cop pulls up behind me, fucking blurps me, Man. pull over, and uh, he's like, uh, he says, uh, so uh, have you been drinking tonight? And I was like, uh, yeah, sir, actually, I, I had two. And I'm completely honest with him. I was like, yeah, I had two over at The Mix, and uh, that was about an hour ago when I had my last one. And that was over the span of like three hours. So I'm I'm solid. Yeah. And uh, he's like, uh, he says, he pulls me over because uh, I don't have a front plate because I have a new car. Mm-hmm. And they have, they only sent me one plate. So I put it on the back and never thought of anything. Never thought of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get pulled over for not having a front plate. And then he says, uh, why don't you step out of the car? And I was like, why? And he's like, well, your uh, your eyes are glossy. And I was like, no, they're not. And he was like, well, how would you know? I was like, because he's like, did you check once I pulled you over? Because you're worried that they might be. I was like, no, um, just my mirrors are set correctly. So when I look in my rearview mirror to see that you're pulling me over, I'm able to see a little bit of my face as well and the entire back window. And he's like, well, uh, I smell alcohol. And I was like, no, you don't. Because it's June 6th in Sacramento uh, and it's 10 p.m. So my windows are all down because... It's a beautiful night. Uh, and he's like, well, you're slurring your words. And I was like, we both know that that's a lie. All right, so we get out of the car. He's giving me breathalyzer tests. Or he's giving me all the, the fuel sobriety tests. We get to the one where uh, where it's, by the way, this is a compound. This is numerous tests in one, which is mm-hmm. not legal, first of all. Um, where it's, 
lift your, your left foot off the ground six inches, hands at your side, head tilted back, close your eyes, estimate 30 seconds. Right, that's, that's three different tests in one, and that's not... I can't do that sober. That's what they're waiting for you to say. Yeah. So when you say, I can't do that sober, then now it's, oh, so you're not sober right now? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> uh-huh. So it's not no, what you No, I'm sober now. It's, I can't do this. It's what you've implied. <laughs> right. And they're trying to incriminate you off of that. Oh, shit. Uh, I would go to jail. Which is why they say do the alphabet backwards. Yeah. Mm. Uh, like there, it's because I can't do the alphabet backwards ever. Yeah, I've, I've been high and I've been drunk, and there is no. I've I tried to learn it, and I probably could if I spent a day doing it, but I'm not going to spend a right, day. I learned it, but I haven't generally. done it in uh-huh. years. Yeah. Here's the thing: is like I do stand up. My 30 seconds and your 30 seconds are very different. 30 seconds, right? Like to me, 30 seconds, like I can do a lot in 30 seconds. It might end up being 50. I don't know, like. That's why we have a light. Mm-hmm. Is so we don't have to estimate our own time. Exactly, because I don't, I don't know that I'm at ten. Mm-hmm. I feel like comics have a really good gauge of time, though. After a while, like not, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's different because, like, to to people who aren't living off of a one minute light all the time, thirty seconds. If they're estimating, they'll probably they'll go way short. It'll be. 10 to 15 Mm. or something, right? Like Mm -hmm. time to them goes by so much quicker. But to somebody who plays basketball or football for a living, like slows down, they can do so much in 15 seconds. They can Mm -hmm. call a play, set their, their line, get the receivers all good. And like to them, 15 seconds is an eternity Mm -hmm. to a regular human. 15 seconds is so quick. Right. So like to me, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go over. So I'm doing it. And got my eyes closed. I have terrible balance anyway. I have shit balance. Uh, But then I just hear behind me, we're on a one-way street. I hear behind me just a shirt. Fucking turn around. There's a BMW coming the wrong way down the street that we're pulled over on. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other cop waves them over, and they come into this McDonald's parking lot. This girl pops out of the driver's seat. And it's this super sexy Armenian chick, super short dress. Like, she's not wearing panties, and I know that because her dress is that fucking short. Wow. She has to keep pulling it down. Uh, huge high heels and fucking beautiful. Just drunk, though. Jeez. She's got two dudes with her. They're both drunk as shit. They keep getting out of the car, and the cop's, like, got his hand on his gun. Like, I told you guys. I've warned you guys. You guys need to stay put. You got to stay where I can see you, this and that. And they're like... You got to let her go, this and that. So now I'm like, yo, I'm fucking good. Yeah. This is exactly the distraction that I needed. I'm no longer a threat. All I got pulled over for was not having a front plate. She's going down the wrong way. And on top of that, she's on a suspended license for drunk driving. And there's two dudes that aren't complying with, with orders. I'm like, yo, I'm fucking good. They should wave you away. Yeah, like, man. they got shit to handle now. I'm like, yo, I'm fucking solid, man. Yeah. Cop looks back over at me, looks down at the ground, sees my feet on the on the floor, my eyes are open, and then writes down how many seconds I got to. I got to 18 before this happened. And I was like, yo, dude, that broke your concentration too. Like, I had to see my life was in danger. And if I had to jump out of the way, like, I'm not committing that hard to your field sobriety test. We can start over. He just wants to take down an Indian man is what he wants he to do. Wants, no, he's just trying to get his numbers. That's it. That's this it. Was, mm-hmm. I'm not pulling a race card on this at all. I've, uh, 
not even kind of. Uh, he's that. just trying to get his numbers. And uh, so breathalyzes me, blow over the limit, and I'm like, God, dude, this is fucking stupid. They cuff me. They're like, we're not going to tow your car. If there's somebody near here that can come pick it up, we'll let them pick it up. So I'm like, that all right, cool. Nice. So call my girlfriend. She walks over. She lives like three blocks away uh. or something. She walks over, uh, but when she walks up, I'm cuffed in the back seat of the car, uh, of the cop car. My car is on the side of the street. The cop car is behind me. That Beamer is in the uh, the McDonald's parking lot, and now she's getting field sobriety tested. So all my girlfriend sees is my car and some drunken whore. And she starts flashing, like, who the fuck is this bitch? And she's unhinged. She's fucking angry. And I'm in the back seat, like, no, babe, it's not what it looks like. <laughs> and now the cops are like, no, 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 they're not together. I know. And she's like, I don't know. Even, the, even the cops start defending you. They're like, oh shit, no, they're this like, could be, this could escalate. Like, and she's like, who the f-? And she's not hearing anything. She's yeah, just livid. Finally, they calm her down. And, uh, and like, they, Give her the keys of my car. She takes out, goes home. My phone had never hung up because me and my girlfriend, like, we both had the same problem of, all right, bye, and then putting the phone away and, like, always letting whoever else we're talking to hang up. Hang it up, yeah. I've always done that. Like, I've never, I don't know, I've always just been too lazy to hit the one fucking hang up button. Right. So she didn't hit the hang up button either. So now she's been on the phone with me this entire time, like, unbeknownst to either of us. Okay. Right. And so, uh, she gets home, and uh, and she's now listening to our conversation the entire way to the police station. Oh, wow. I'm in the back seat with one of the cops. They put the drunk bitch riding shotgun, and now she's hitting on the cops. So I'm like, dude, I'm... Like, I'm being a total gentleman. Like, I'm, I've complied. I've followed all orders. I've been super polite and respectful. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely getting away with this. I'm like, please tell me she blew, like, three times what I... What I blew, and they're like, no, actually, she blew under what you blew. She actually blew under limit, but she's, she's so on good. zero tolerance because she's, uh, because she's on a suspended license for drinking and driving. Oh wow! So we got to take her in anyway. And I was like, Jesus Christ! Like that's that's a point oh five for her. Oh my God! Like I could be at a four point oh and still not. <laughs> You're like I'm still walking straight, so and still not be that messed yeah. up. And I was like, look, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, blew more than she did. But look, I'm not that. I'm not a threat. I'm not a danger. I'm not a risk. Like, you're and right. I'm thinking like, yo, I'm, I'm, this is it. I'm, I'm good. And then, uh, and then the cop in the backseat goes, you look really familiar. And I was like, oh shit, dude, my comedy career is paying off. Finally, yes. Yeah. I'm about to get recognized for my comedy. He was like, did you do our fundraiser for the canine unit? <laughs> Over at the punchline in Sacramento, I was like, yeah, man. And he was like, dude, you did a great job, man. We really enjoyed your set. And then he goes to the the cop driving. He's like, hey, he's the one that has that donkey punching joke. And he was like, wait, what? That You wrote that joke? And I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, I tell that joke at like family barbecues. Like, That's one of my favorite jokes. I love that joke. So I'm like, yo, I'm getting away with this shit. And now the drunk girl's hitting on the cops. And like fucking like very 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 overtly She's right like, you're too cute to be able you're too you look too young to be a police officer and like just 
just straight up going at it. I love your chick voice, by the way. And <laughs> and she, uh, so I'm like, yo, dude, I'm fucking, there's no way they're going to book me. Uh, pull up to the jail. They stop. Like, they open up the door, whatever. And uh, and then they open up the, the, the big metal gate. And then they close my door. I don't know what the fuck they opened my door for to begin with. Close my door and pull in and then the metal gate comes out and now finally it's set in that oh you're getting a DUI you're, oh, no. there's so many times where it felt like I'm about to be I'm gonna get out go of this yeah over and over and over and then I get in and now I'm still being like super because like they haven't fingerprinted me or anything so I'm still like like they're taking off my shoelaces my belt emptying my pockets everything like that and uh they're walking away with my bag of stuff. And I'm like, hey, sir, uh, just want to make sure, like, I have I have this piercing here. Just, I don't want you getting in trouble. Right? And I'm, like, trying to make yeah, it about, Anything, right? yeah. Like, I'm still, like, there's got to be a way. Like, you've got to. And he's straight up, like, we go do the blood work. And now once I've got a needle in my arm, I'm like, there's no turning back at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he takes me back out. He's like, look, man, I'm I'm really sorry. I really didn't want to do this to you. And I was like, nah, I get it. I get it. It's your job. I shouldn't be drinking and driving. Um, I totally get it. He's like, I, this is the hardest, this is the hardest DUI I've ever given anybody. <laughs> and I was like, don't, that doesn't help. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, please, you still don't have to do this. And yeah. I was like, it was like, like a Humphrey Bogart ass. Like, he's like, He's like, of all the DUI stops in all the world, he had to pull into mine. Like, fucking. (laughs) I was like, God damn it, dude. Like, he regretted it immediately. Right away. And it fucking sucked. Because now I'm in. In a holding cell for the night, I don't. They don't give you a, a phone call. By yeah, the way. yeah. Because if he, and if he lets you go now, it makes him look bad. You know, can't. It's, we're it's, in the jail. Yeah, now, yeah. Right? yeah. And uh, so they process me. Cops are coming in, like fucking making super racist jokes about this Mexican guy that they got, like. Very, very overtly, dropping hard RN bombs all over the place. Damn. Uh, put me in a holding cell, and then uh, they give us some food. And uh, I'm like, I ain't eating this shit. I ain't that hungry. Like, yeah, I know that I was about to get Del Taco, <laughs> but I got Ooh, standards. It stops at Del Taco. Mm. Uh, I fucking, what does that this say was about terrible. jail food? So I give my jail food to somebody else who was, uh, they're getting, uh, they're being brought in front of a judge on ICE. Uh, like they had ice just written all over their jumpsuits and shit, um, and uh, <laughs> like it was just immigration bullshit. And I was like, "Fuck it, like give them this food. They'll appreciate it more than me." Just trying to sleep. There's fucking dudes trying to start fights so they can get out of the holding cell. Somebody faking a heart attack uh, so they can get taken to a wow. Right, and I'm like, man, motherfucker, like I'm not these animals. I'm none of these fucking animals, man. Like. You were so just get, trying to get food for your girlfriend on the way home. <laughs> so I get to, uh, I get to the uh, to my office. My office is two blocks away from the jail, Ugh. and I'm wearing the same, or I'm not wearing the same. I'm wearing the same outfit from last night, but not what I was wearing yesterday at work. Because what I used to do is, and I still did, uh, is I would I'll wear whatever I wore last night today. But then tonight, I'm going to wear a different outfit. Like, I I'm see. on a different cycle. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I got off work, I would go home, put together a nice outfit for the evening, 
go out for the evening, and then I'll just show up to work in that outfit. I see. So okay. now I'm in a different outfit, but like I don't, I haven't brushed my teeth, I haven't showered, I've been sitting in a fucking holding cell all night. Right. Didn't call into work either because they don't give you a fucking phone call like the movies show you. <laughs> uh, and so I just get to my, my cubicle and I create uh, an event on my calendar that was just dentist appointment. And so they're like, hey, you missed the meeting this morning. Where were you? And I was like, oh, it's the dentist. It, <laughs> don't you have access to my calendar? And so I, I had killed access to my calendar for everybody. Ah, you're clever. And then created the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the event. So they're like, no, I, I, I tried to check your calendar. I didn't see anything on there. And I was like, oh, maybe, don't you have access? I have access to yours. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I gave you access. Let's make sure. And I'm like, oh, well, would you look at that? It looks like you don't have access to my calendar. Huh, you should darn. fix that right away so there's no more. <laughs> it's a good thing, you, it's so there's a good thing you're. confusion like this ever again. It's a good thing you're killing it at comedy now because yeah. now this is like recorded and. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't give a shit now. Well, I can't. Now that you've made up, now that you've, you've made this uh, ending with the whole like cleverly cutting off your calendar and all that i can't give you a bless your heart because well, what about i still got the dui after had yeah you definitely get a real honest bless your heart on that one <laughs> god damn bless your heart on that jesus i'll bless your heart is that, that better yeah. <laughs> so then uh so then i uh flash forward to just this last year i end up doing that canine event again the fundraiser right but this time they had the dogs there yeah right? so and i had paraphernalia in my pockets <laughs> So fucking, I get there, turn around, drop some shit off in my car, go up and I open up and, uh, and, uh, I was like, yeah, uh, so I didn't know you guys didn't have the dogs here. So I got to go drop some shit off at the car, you know, and they're like, ha ha. He's like, you guys have no idea how serious I am. <laughs> and I was like, honestly, when I, when I got this gig, uh, I, I only did it because they told me it was for the canine unit. Uh, if it was just for the cops themselves, I would never have done this gig. And they're like, boo. I'm like, no, no, no. Here's the thing, man. Like, I've gotten three DUIs, man. I've given y'all enough money already. Mm -hmm. I don't need to raise more for you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping you guys arrest me later. This is yeah. not good. So that one, that one went swimmingly. Yeah, bless your heart on that for sure. That's cool though, getting booked for a canine show. That's that sounds great, man. After it, yeah, totally. All right, well, DJ, um, tell people how to get uh, a hold of you for this comedy um, finance course if they want to do that. Uh, well, if you want to come to these shows this weekend, or if you want to go to a comedy finance class, uh, which I heavily recommend, which is. God awful boring, but it's super important, and mm -hmm. uh, you're gonna need to know this information one day. Uh, you can get me on Instagram or Twitter at DJ S A N D H U two zero. That is DJ Sandu twenty, and uh, you can just shoot me a DM, and uh, yeah, we can go from there. I can throw you on the guest list for this weekend as well with Mo Mandel or with Tyler Bow, and uh, they are both super 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 funny and i do not deserve to be on the same stage with either of them oh that's bullshit man oh that is bull, bull. you're yeah. you're funny just fun These listening two to are fucking hilarious i want to come to harvey's tomorrow i like i like tyler but mo is like 
Yeah. Blows my mind every I'm time. I'm going to bug you for a set of those tickets. I'm going to see if I can get my husband out and come out and see Absolutely. the show tomorrow. Please do. All right. Well, you've been listening to Bless Your Heart with Alex Avery and DJ Sandu, and I'm April Gallaty, and thank you for listening. And um, I usually end on a hard note, so anybody want to say something terribly horrible you want to end on? Yes? No? No? Ah, uh, oh, fuck all of you. You've been listening to Bless Your Heart on You Gonna Meow Podcast Network. 